Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime. Anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. My name is... Mike Brown, it is an absolute pleasure to be coming to you live here on Spotify Live on this wonderful Thursday evening. We have got a moose-bouche to talk about tonight, a plethora of Rockets topics that are including, but not limited to, Jalen Green making All-NBA rookie first team. Very, very exciting. We've got a tweet that he sent out to one Bill Simmons that I feel like needs to be discussed. We've got a response from Bill Simmons that I feel like needs to be discussed. We have a uh, first round 
uh, projected player that made a connection with the Houston Rockets and it looks like is on the Houston Rockets radar. So we will discuss that. Uh, we will discuss more about where the Rockets ended up in the NBA lottery. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I look forward to discussing that with all of you this evening on Spotify Live. So we should be joined by the GOAT, Jeremy Brenner, at some point, uh, which is exactly right now. Jeremy, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Thanks, Mike. I saw the room on Spotify Live with with Tina and Mark Long, and I would have joined that room, but I've got you here. If, if you weren't here, Mike, though, I'd be running all the way over to that room. I'd much rather be in this room, don't get me wrong, but... Well, thank you. Hopefully they're still on after we're off today. Well, well, thank you. Uh, we'll try and keep it as short, as condensed as possible. We got lots of Rockets talk to have tonight. Um, first of all, let's give a congratulations to our own Jalen Green, making the uh, all-rookie first team ahead of Herb Jones, uh, which was a little bit of a shock to Bill Simmons. But, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, I think um, very well-deserved. I know he got the fifth most votes, um, which honestly I think is – I think it's fair. Um, you know, Franz Wagner was the only one out. So the, obviously Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, all were unanimous selections. And I think those are deserved. And then Franz Wagner had arguably the best first half of the year amongst all rookies. A lot of work were tabbing him as a potential rookie of the year candidate. Jalen though, might've had the best second half of any of these rookies. So I think that second half of the season, especially those last couple of games, definitely get him to the first team. And it is well-deserved. I, I mean, look, we had an insane rookie class this year. Should go down in history. But I do think that the five that were chosen for the first team were the correct five. Yeah, I think if uh, Giddy didn't get hurt in Oklahoma City, he probably would have made it over Franz Wagner. Uh I like or over Jalen, I think. I think um, yeah, potentially. You know, Franz got more votes than Jalen, so I think that is kind of where teams were leaning um, or voters were leaning. But um, good to see Jalen get some flowers, and Josh Christopher also got a vote, I believe, as well. And um, I haven't seen the full votes. Um, I- I'd be shocked if Shangun though didn't get some love either. He got he got fourteen second team all rookie votes okay uh, and that's, that's it's about right he would have gotten yeah but yeah and i mean like in a, in a and he was probably several votes off of getting onto that second team but that i think shows to you the depth of this rookie class maybe they should add a third team all rookie because we have third team all nba why not have a third team all rookie you know give people some more credit some more motivation the league is as great as it's ever been in terms of just the deep talent that it has so, you know, that's a testament to it. The fact that Shangun, who had such a great rookie year, didn't even get close to that second team is, is a sign of that. Yeah, for sure. But shout out to our guy, uh, Jalen Green. Did you, uh, I'm sure, I'm not even going to ask if you've seen it. I'm assuming you have seen the tweet from one Jalen Green to one Bill Simmons. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Have you seen the response from Bill Simmons? Yes, I have. And okay. I think it, it does save face a little bit um, because, look, I mean, but also at the same time, Bill Simmons probably looked back at himself in the mirror and was like, 
why do I hate this kid again? Like, like I, he literally has no reason to dislike Jalen Green. And I, I think it's, I think it was more so just kind of a, hey, let's just kind of bury the hatchet kind of thing. Ha ha, good jokes. But, and look, obviously, I don't really think that Bill Simmons says anything against Jalen Green, but, you know, it was just, it was just silly, silly little beef. Uh, and I think Jalen played it off really well. I think that was pretty smart on his part. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it'll move forward. And, you know, Jalen, if he can channel that, I don't really think that Bill Simmons feels like that way about Jalen Green, but if Jalen uses that as motivation, hey, all, more power to him, and that, that makes the Rockets better at the end of the day. Oh, for sure. And for people who haven't seen it, Bill Simmons basically said, congrats, I'm still rooting for you. Don't let the fake news aggregators ruin it for us. Excited to see what you have in store for your second year. Good luck. That's fun. Like, see, this keeps basketball relevant to me. Like, in the offseason, and if you're not watching, by the way, this Miami-Boston series, this is going to be one, in my opinion, one of the 10 best series in the past te- in the last 10 years. This is great basketball being played at a very, very high level. But for everybody else that doesn't care about the Eastern Conference Finals, things like what Patrick Beverly is doing in the media, what, what Bill Simmons is doing with Jalen Green, it keeps the NBA fun. Do you agree with that statement or disagree? If you like, if you like that soap opera drama, that reality yeah. TV – then yeah, and I am a connoisseur of reality TV, as I mentioned earlier, with okay. Tina Barton, uh, Tina and Mark Long. If you don't, if you know who Tina Barta and Mark Long are, you are a reality TV connoisseur like me. So obviously, I have no idea who those people are. By the way, they're the challenge OGs, the goats. Mark Long is probably oh, the okay. goat of the challenge. He's the Godfather. He's the Godfather. I Mark. thought that's what's his name. Uh, who's the guy? CT. CT, now, here's the thing about CT, right? To me, CT is like the LeBron of the challenge because he gets better with age. He's won, so he's won like, he's got four challenge titles on him, but he's won two of them within the last like two years or so. Or he's won, he's won three of four. We're in the CT dynasty right now. He's the reigning champion, the two-time reigning champion. Okay. He's won three of four. He's got a dynasty going on right now. Um, so maybe he's the Steph Curry. I don't know. But that that's kind of who he is. But Mark, Mark Long's the godfather. Like, he was the original, like, badass from the challenge. And uh, CT's kind of the Understood. current generation of that. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, so I have, a, I have a realization I want to share with you and all of our listeners that I think is going to surprise you a little bit. Are you, are you okay. sitting down? I am sitting down. Okay. I am over being upset about getting the third pick in the NBA draft. Oh, beautiful. This is progress. So, well, here's the thing, right? Because like, I'm, I'm looking at, first of all, Rocket's Twitter, which we've made reference to multiple times on this show before. It's just a wild place to me. Because there's so many people that are arguing and beefing and, if we draft this guy, we got to trade this guy. We got to do this. We got to do that. Do I like the fact that we're in the third spot? No, I don't. But there's nothing I can do about it. Like, we can't fix it. We can't will our way out of the pick to the number one pick, right? 
So I'm not going to show any anger about the third pick overall moving forward. Well, with, with that logic, Mike, yes, um, that is from my school of logic. And I'm not sure if you'll agree with me on this, but you say you have no control over whether the team gets the third pick. Let me ask you this. What do you have control over for the Rockets? Um, I mean, in all honesty, like the only thing I can control is the type of fan I want to be for the Rockets, if that makes sense. like that's, You can control yourself, but you cannot control what the team does. No. And I will say this. Okay. I was having a discussion with, with my boss actually today. Ever since working for the Dream Shake, I've become the most cynical Rockets fan in my life. Like, I have never been this <laughs> angry. Like, no, like irrationally angry at the that's Rockets. That's interesting. No, and it, and it makes sense because – like, I mean, watching this team over the past couple of years, you can't blame Rockets fans for being angry. Like, we're there's a large segment of fans that are just angry at where they are, right? And I, I saw the video of what Tillman was saying earlier today about how he couldn't be more excited or happy about where the team is. I think that's a load of crap. Like, that's my first thought is I get what you, I get what he's trying to say, but it's also like the type of fan I am at this point, you have to earn my fandom back. The thing is, yeah, you say that though, because you like where the team is at this point, because you really have a good opportunity to be better than where you were. Which is, I mean, not saying much, but I get what he's saying, but that's where I am. You ask me, you know, what can I control? I can control my own anger towards him. Him and company, I guess. Like, I'm just. Yeah, you can control yourself. Exactly. And the way I see it is if they stay at three, which I think they're going to, they're going to get a good player. Yeah. And, and I would argue, even, because um, we've seen reports now that it, it appears league wide that the top two prospects in the draft are Jabari and Chet. Um, honestly, right. Mike, if the Rockets are the number one pick, would they go Paolo anyway? That's what I'm thinking too. And and Paolo makes the most sense for the Rockets, in my opinion, only because out of the three of them, only because he is more of like like I think not just the chemistry with Kevin Border and all that, but I just think like he's the player that's most likely out of those three to be the rookie of the year this year. And I think the Rockets are looking for players to make them better now. They're not necessarily looking for another project to work on or anything like that. And I'm not saying that Paolo isn't a project because he is, but he is a little bit more baked, I would say, than Jabari and Chet. And while his ceiling may or may not be higher than the two of them, I think that he kind of fits more of the goals that the Rockets have for this upcoming year from, from June, 2022 to June, 2023. I think the goal for the Rockets is to be better in this calendar, in this 12 months than they were in the previous 12 months. And I think Paolo helps the most with that. Look, if they get Paolo at three, I think it's pretty good value. Like, I think if they stay at three, any one of the guys you can consider as good value. So I don't have a problem with it from a value standpoint. 
I'm going to bring up real quick the Boston Celtics for a quick second. They are destroying the Miami Heat right now. I was going to say, like, you're like, this is the greatest series of all time. It's a blowout, Mike. Well, it's, it's a, a blo- first half blowout. It's a first half blowout. But I think this game, there's a long way to go in this game. <laughs> I see. I knew what you were saying. But, but I, I do also think it's going to be a back and forth series. I'm, right. I'm, I'm loving it. And I, and I think the Mavericks will find a way to make this Golden State series interesting, if only maybe for a game or two. But I do think that that series is going to be interesting at some shoot. point. Yeah, Dallas has to figure out how to put the ball in the hoop. But I bring up Boston because on this topic – they are in yet another example of you have got to find multiple guys that are six four to six seven that can guard multiple positions. You know, on the floor right now, you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams. There's four guys right there that can guard one through five on pretty much any team that they're playing. And then you throw in a vet like an Al Horford. I do think that a Paolo Boncaro of the three guys. Chet doesn't help that in any sort of way. Jabari, I think, fits that mold. But Paolo fits the, the what the Rockets would be looking to do to draft guys that can guard multiple positions. I think Paolo makes the most sense if, if you can find a way to move on from Christian Wood. I don't think you can have both of them on the team at the same time. Yeah, I think, I think Christian Wood... It was was one of if we talk about a loser on draft night or lottery night from Massive. he is he's probably the the biggest of them all um, only because yeah it's it's just really hard for me to see how you're gonna be able to play all three of whichever guy you draft which mm-hmm. we're we're talking as if it is Paolo uh, Shangun and and Wood it's just gonna be really difficult to play all three of those guys the minutes that they deserve um and obviously between the three of them would takes less priority than the two players you just drafted in the first round and especially one of them who's about to be a top three pick yeah and i and on on that note of draft there is some other draft news uh for the houston rockets today i want to get your take on um it looks like the rockets have made a connection with tari eason uh from lsu six foot eight 216 pounds um, he was noted today that he had uh, a really, really good meeting with the Rockets. The Rockets are planning to bring him in for a um, workout here in Houston. Um, he spent one year at, at Cincinnati before transferring to LSU. He averaged 17 points, six and a half rebounds, shot 36% from three. Um, he's going to be in the mix, I would say, for the Rockets if they stay at number 17. Your quick thoughts on Tari Eason's potential fit with the Rockets. If the Rockets get Tari Eason at 17, they win the draft. I don't care who – that's the thing, Mike, is there's no way Tari Eason's going to fall to 17. I don't think it's going to be like last year where they were lucky for Shingun to have him fall to 16. Tari Eason is – I've seen him in a lot of different conversations, and he's saying all the right things about teams like the Spurs at 9 and – you know, the Blazers are there at seven. He makes a lot of sense for the Blazers as well. Um, you know, the Knicks could also, I could see a move in which they get him at 11. There's just so many teams that could take him in that late lottery that I think the only way you get Tari Eason is if you trade up from 17 or you trade down 
from three. And the Rockets are still at this point in the draft process where they're doing their homework on everybody because you never know what offers are coming and what is going to be presented in front of you. And I really do believe that they will stick at three. But if a team comes up to you, like say, uh, let's, let's just say this, uh, like the Blazers at seven, the Blazers really want Paolo because they find themselves in a really weird spot with their team and they feel like he's the guy that they need. You trade down to seven Tari Eason's there at seven. I don't see, I don't think that'd be a reach at seven, honestly. I think I really like Tari Eason. I think that he is a guy that could be a long term, I think he could have a really long career in the NBA because he's, he fits that mold of a guy that you want. He could play a small ball five, he can guard multiple positions, he's physical. He, you know, if he can develop that three point shot, he'll have a very long career in the NBA. So I think that. That is the sign of just guys and the Rockets is doing all their homework and playing every single possibility and scenario out. Tari Eason reminds me a lot of Chris Weber. Ooh, if his career goes perfectly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could t- just watching his game reminds me a lot of Chris Weber. Um, but you bring up a lot of interesting t- things there to break down. You know, the Rockets are at three and 17. Those are really interesting spots. I wouldn't move from three because, like you and I have talked about before, that's. I agree. Moving from three would be, it would need a whole, like, amazing offer to, to get me to listen. And then I'd counter probably with something because it wouldn't be enough. Uh, and, and, like, Portland, I, I just threw Portland out as an example just because I'm familiar with Portland situations and all that. Um, but it's going to be very difficult for them to, to trade up. They were also probably one of the bigger losers in the draft just because they really could have benefited from getting a top three pick or, or staying at like they moved right. down because right. the Sacramento Kings, I believe the Kings were projected to pick seven. The Blazers were projected to pick six and the Kings jumped them forcing the Blazers to move back. Um, and then you had, I guess, Indiana moved down one and then the, the Pistons moved down one because the Thunder moved up. So, I mean, a trade possibility, just throwing it out there with where my mindset is, like if New Orleans called at eight and wanted to move to three, the conversation for me would start with Jackson Hayes. Like that's the type of prospect I would want and have to have in order to move back that far. That would get me my attention. If they call Jackson Hayes, I would need more than that. No, I said that's why it would start. Like it would start with Hayes and we see where it goes from there. Because what, New Orleans has what, number eight? Number eight. Okay, so, yeah, I just, to me, like, I would, if if you're going to move back from eight, if you're going to move back to eight, I would need, like, Jackson Hayes, and I would need, like, Herb Jones, honestly, like, to consider, like, to, that would make, that would definitely make things a lot interesting if they were really willing to get Herb Jones in there, but Herb Jones ain't going anywhere, so it's like, it really just no, no. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to do that. Um, I I think the Rockets will end up staying at three. I really see a hard time for them. Yeah. Now no, moving I do, I do up too. from seventeen, that's something I could definitely see. Only because they have an excess of picks in years to come. If they really like someone and they have to go into that late lottery, um, like eleven to the Knicks, or uh, you know. 
14 to Cleveland, something like that. I could totally see that happening. Um, if there's a guy available, I don't know if Tari Eason is that guy. Um, maybe Jeremy Sochan, someone like that. Like, but at the same time, too, like I don't necessarily know if the value of the guys in the 10 to 20 range are very like. I don't know if there's really like a cutoff. I, I feel like you can get a guy at 17 that could have just as good of a career as someone that was taking a few slots earlier. It really just comes down to knowing what knowing the position of the teams in front of you and making a decision to jump them if you need to. Like I think the Rockets, what they did last year was they realized that Shengun was not going to be there at 23. They saw him falling. They made the move with OKC because they knew OKC. Like the draft is when you're making trades in the draft, and honestly, when you're just the draft is all about knowing every other team's. Uh, motivations and if you do that then you can position yourself to make the best move for your team based on you know getting the best value of the other guys like i mean not to like veer off the path too far but like you saw in the nfl draft this year where the quarterbacks just kept falling and it's because teams knew that we're drafting quarterbacks that it wasn't super important for a lot of teams to draft a quarterback this year because every team pretty much already had a set plan for quarterback for 2022. So that's why you saw a lot of quarterbacks fall in the draft. Uh, NBA is a little bit different because there's a much smaller pool of players, much, you know, a smaller, narrower, you know, needs of, you know, each team. So it's, it's only that just on a much smaller scale um and i really don't know if there is a prospect worth grabbing but knowing the rockets and how much homework they do trading up from 17 wouldn't surprise me and honestly trading down from 17 wouldn't really surprise me either just because of you know how strategic rafael stone and company has been in the past so two quick trade packages to run by you in the chat. Would you, if you were the Rockets, take number five and Jeremy Grant for number three? No. Especially with Jeremy Grant being a free agent well, after this year. Well, I assume that that deal would come with the contingency of him signing a deal long-term. Sure. I just don't think that it really fits the Rockets' uh, timeline at the moment. Uh, if the Pacers offered six, Turner and a future pick for three. No, Turner's injury history scares me, and I think that... Neither one of those get my juices going. No, and, like, the thing is, it's... I just... It's really hard for, like, players to be traded. Like, like I think I mentioned on the last show um, about how, like, these kind of trades, like, moving from three to six or three to five, um, it's usually, like... It's usually just a future first thrown in, and I could, like... I just don't see like because the Rockets don't need more picks really. I mean, more picks would be nice, but I really don't think that that is their motivation at this point. They have the picks. No, make make the pick. Like I think OKC now. I feel like they out of all the teams in the top three, OKC is probably the most likely to trade down just because they have a history of it and they've proven that their value of players is not necessarily as uh, aligned with the rest of the league. Um, so like I could like if they really like Jade Ivy, um, I could see a move where 
they would trade with Indiana or something like that, or a, if they really like Shade on Sharp for whatever reason, um, like they could make a move there. They also have number twelve too, so um, you know they could they could make some moves. I wouldn't like OKC is obviously going to make a move. You just don't know where it's going to be. Um, I also don't expect them to move down from two. You know that's the thing with OKC is yes they move a lot, but they also haven't had a pick this right. high since James Harden. So like that is that's a big motivator for them to stay where they are. They're probably, they, they haven't gotten a top two pick since Kevin Durant. So keep, I really don't sure. see any trades being made until maybe number four with Sacramento. So I think that's when the draft really starts is at number four. I think my, I think uh, we'll wrap the show up here in a few minutes, but I want to get your opinion on, and this is a really loaded question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you stayed at three and 17, if you were to give out, and I'm not going to ask for specific prospects, I'm going to ask it in a different way. If the Rockets drafted two prospects at at each three and 17, if you were to give out an A for that draft based on a guard, a forward, like what do you think they need most? And I know – you're going to say best player available, draft them. But, like, ideally, if you had to add two pieces to this roster, do you think they draft a rim protector? Do you think they go, you know, I don't think you're going to say they're going to go guard. Are you looking for wing defenders? Do you draft a wing defender at, at three and 17? Like, what w- would entice you to give out an A grade if they were to stay at three and 17? What type of players do you think they should look to add to the roster? See, Mike, next show, you should just play my role and your role, too, because you answered the question for me, as I would have answered okay. it. So that's, okay. that's a good um, – yeah, I, w- I mean, I would say best player available. But if you're asking me for more specifics, I would say that this team – like, because I would say that Paolo's like a kind of guy – or whoever you take at number three is the kind of guy that you build your team mm-hmm. around. So you really – like – Paolo could play I, – I assume you're going to play Paolo at the four, right? I mean, I, I think so. Okay, so I mean, like, that's the let's, thing. let's make that assumption. I, I think it's a fair assumption. Okay. You play Paolo at the four. I don't he's think he's going to five. He's not a rim protector. So I would he's not say, a five. No. I would say that the team does need to prioritize paint defenders this draft. Although yep. you could yep. also say that – Usman Garuba is your like rookie rim protector kind of guy. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. like that's the issue that I've said for over a year now, almost it seems, about taking so many players so high is that you're gonna have after the end of this draft, assuming you stay at three and seventeen, or assuming you keep two first round picks, you're gonna have six first round picks. Six first round picks from the last two drafts. That's more players that were picked in the first round of the draft that you can actually play on the floor at one given time. So like, you're not going to take all of those guys and make them into starters. So I would say that, yes, you do need a, you do need someone that can be a rim protector. Obviously the size would be nice, but I do see their, their intrigue in Usman Garuba and how they want to develop him moving forward and how he could be that guy. You know, it's just interesting because, like, that's the 
that's what the Rockets are doing right now. I'm I'm not answering I'm not answering this to give you a hard time, Mike, but like that's that's genuinely what the Rockets are doing. And I think that's how you have yeah. to rebuild, honestly, is you have to take the best player available at right. every spot and things will work itself out from there. And I think that that's kind of what we've seen happen is is they they brought in Kevin Porter. I don't necessarily think they when they brought in Kevin Porter that they expected him to be this point guard, but that's kind of how things have how things have kind of materialized. And I think with um, with Jalen Green here as well, I think like that's kind of just how it's been. Um, and with Shangun, his role kind of adapts because of who they bring in this year. I think, but like they have talent, and you you get the you get the talent in, and then you see how they respond to each other, and then you go from there. And I think that you do you need defense. You need defense wherever it is, whether it's a guard, whether it's a wing, whether it's a big. You just need defense because with the Rockets, they had the worst defense in the league last year. So if you get players that prioritize defense. That will go a long way, and I think that that's more of what they need now than anything. So, yes, defense, and I guess if you want to say a rim protector, go for a rim protector, a tall rim protector, a Walker Kessler. Uh, you know, is that is that enough of an answer for you? Usman Jang, maybe him? Usman, no, I, I, Usman and Usman, can we get like a, a law firm going in the front court? LLC. Uh, LLC. No, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of that answer. I just – I'm. I'm so intrigued because as you look at the mock drafts around, it's so funny how this is going to be one of the most wild NBA drafts of the last 25 years. I'm calling it right now because I don't think anybody has any idea what any of these teams are going to do. And it starts at number one. There's not a definitive number one. I think everyone thinks. I think we'll know by draft week who the Magic are taking. I hope so. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think it comes down to – I could see them going – I don't think they're going Paolo just because they have Jonathan Isaac already. So it really doesn't make sense for them to go Paolo, but I could see them going with either one of the other guys. I think Oklahoma City could use all three guys. I think the Rockets, you know, Sean Bradley's son even, I think the Rockets could use. Um, you know, I just – I think it's fun. I do th- want to make a quick mention. We didn't talk about this last show. Uh, Jeff Hornacek and uh, Will Weaver are not going to be back with the coaching staff next year, uh, which is great because they need to completely overhaul their entire coaching staff. I think it's a sign of let's get something different in. I think that's a good sign. Yep. Um, Will Weaver obviously was the defensive coach, and it's a shame because that's why he was brought in because he had such a great defense overseas, but it it wasn't able to translate into the NBA. Obviously, you know, but also at the same time, I think it shows that the NBA is different than every other league in the world. Um, but I also think that I saw a, like, I, I, saw, I think it's not on Twitter. I hate that I'm not, like, citing this guy. But um, I think I saw, like, what if they replaced them with uh, Steve Clifford, former NBA coach. I, I want to say he's coached in Houston. Yep, and then Mahmoud Abdelfeta from RGV. And I really like both of those guys. Like, I would... I wish I came up with that tweet. I thought that was perfect. Um, like, I want to try to go look for that tweet to give the guy credit because I would have said it. So um, I really like both of those options, and I would I would keep an eye on both of those guys as potential um, ads to the coaching staff. 
I'm not a Clifford guy, but the Mahmoud move, I would be all for, uh, especially with the development that he's shown um, down in the, the RGV. But I think this is a phenomenal place to park the rocket ship. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us tonight on Spotify Live. Jeremy, you will be back with a show this weekend at some point. Yes, that's the plan. Oh, by the way, it was Adam Spillane who came up with that prediction. So of Sports shout Radio out, 610. Shout out to Spillane at 610 for that. Um, yeah, yep. we'll get a show hopefully this weekend at some point. I'm off on vacation on the West Coast this weekend. That's my brother's graduation. So uh, I'll, I'll find a mazel to him. And I will, uh, but hopefully I can find the time to sneak away, maybe 15, 20 minutes to talk Rockets and we can get that up. Start at well, Monday morning. Hopefully get your new week off right. If you need me to do it, I'm more than happy to do it, especially if that's the reason why you're in. I might have to Kelly. call in a sub. Well, I'm in. Uh, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. If you are on Twitter, head on over to The Dream Shake at Dream Shake SBN. Give the, us, them, we a follow. Uh, make sure to search at The Dream Take to give our phenomenal podcast a follow. You can follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Jeremy Brenner, at... Jeremy Brenner, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. You can follow me at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Finally, make sure to head on over any day that ends in Y to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. Until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.